thank you, Kerry. Um, do keep these sheets handy because um, we're going to be looking at the passage. If we haven't met, my name's Toby. I'm the pastor here. I've been here for about 18 months. Great to have you with us. Uh, and we're talking about Jesus, of course, Good Friday. Why is it so good? And what do we do of Jesus? So I might just pray and then begin. Uh, Father God, thanks for Good Friday. Thanks for Jesus. Uh, help us to understand why he died on the cross and what it has to do with us. And help me um, teach clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Now there's something about thrones and power. Now Australians, we're a bit divided, but we normally like the royal family, don't we? Always fairly popular. Now maybe it's the glamour, the prestige, all the fancy clothes. Maybe it's the power, the position. Maybe for some, it's the romance. I don't know about you, I always dread when there's a royal wedding because, you know, things it, it just go out of control. Queen Elizabeth II, longest serving uh, monarch, uh, queen of our Commonwealth. Here she is sitting on her throne. Yeah, it's probably a couple of years ago, do you think? Maybe 50 years by the looks. Here's a more recent pic of the Queen. Uh, there she is, beautiful crown, expensive crown, flowing robes on the golden throne. Now when you think of Queen Elizabeth, what, what comes to mind? What's your response to Queen Elizabeth? Are you over the royals? You try your best to ignore whatever is happening in the royal family. Are you a Republican? You reject the Queen, you want Australia to become a republic. Or are you a, a fan of the royals? I have to admit, I'm a big fan of Queen Lizzie, um, and I do hope she outlives her son, but that's just a personal thing. <laughs> now, today is Good Friday. It's the day when the King Jesus was on his throne, but unlike Queen Elizabeth, his crown and his throne were not comfortable. He wore a crown of thorns and he was nailed to a Roman cross. And I want us to think about King Jesus today. What's your response to King Jesus? Do you ignore him, reject him or accept him? And this Easter at Ebenezer, we're looking at what Mary saw. Uh, and in our passage that Kerry read, there was actually a number of Marys uh, there's Mary, uh, Jesus' mother, uh, her sister, and Mary Magdalene. And Mary Magdalene is the one that we're going to see through her eyes. Who is she? Well, Magdalene is from her hometown, Magna, Magdala. Uh, she's one of Jesus' followers. Uh, she had evil spirits sever them in her. Uh, Jesus freed her, and she followed Jesus. Mary Magdalene went throughout the countryside following Jesus and she actually helped his ministry financially. But unlike most of them, when the going got tough and the arrest and the brutality came, she kept following Jesus. She was there as an eyewitness as his trial, his death and burial. You think about it, very courageous to be at the execution. 
Now, some people, they try and discredit Mary Magdalene and Jesus. You know, there was that silly book, The Da Vinci Code. Dan Brown made a lot of money, and he said that Jesus married Mary Magdalene and the Holy Grail was their child. A load of rubbish. A great story, but a load of rubbish. Let's look at the facts. Let's look at what Mary saw just over 2,020 years ago. Now, Pilate, he's the Roman governor in Judea. And his role is to maintain order in this part of the Roman Empire. Keep them paying taxes, but also maintain the peace. The problem is Judea is on the outskirts of the Roman Empire. We've got the, the map up here. And you see that little tiny circle. It's a long way from Rome. And the inhabitants, they didn't like the Roman occupation. There was always these revolutions, people uprising and rebelling. And Pilate had a really difficult task because there were all these strict religious uh, rules in this area. And he had to maintain order by having involvement with the religious leaders. He had to appease them but not give them too much power. And so as Kerry read, these religious leaders, they've got it in for Jesus and they bring Jesus to Pilate. They ask him to kill Jesus. Now he questions Jesus and he realises that he is no threat to Rome. He realises that he's an innocent man that doesn't deserve death and he brings Jesus out to the Jewish crowd. Behold your king! They cried out, away with him! Away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to him, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. You can see the power struggle, can't you? Pilate has to maintain peace and order. The religious leaders, they can't legally kill Jesus and they need Pilate to do it. They want him killed. They stir up the crowd. And Pilate pl plays on the irony of the situation. Shall I crucify your king? Now, as you probably know, crucifixion was the worst of executions. It was only for slaves or criminals. And so for Pilate to say, shall I crucify your king? That's a great insult. It's illegal to crucify a Roman citizen, so to crucify the so-called king of the Jews shows how pathetic they are. And notice the chief priest's answer, we have no king but Caesar. Now this goes against their religion. It goes against everything that Judaism teaches. Judaism teaches that the Lord, the God of Israel, is Israel's king. A thousand years ago, the Jews wanted a king. They wanted God to give them a king. It was rejecting their God, the Lord, as their king. But history shows that no king, no human king could meet the standard. And so the Lord promised a king, a promised Messiah. The Messiah would come and rule forever. And they've been waiting and waiting hundreds of years. And when Jesus arrives, the religious leaders reject him as the Messiah. So for them to say, the religious leaders to say, we have no king but Caesar, is actually not only rejecting Jesus, 
but rejecting any hope of a Messiah coming. Now, for Mary Magdalene, this would have been a horrible scene. She looking at the one who rescued her from the evil spirits. She's looking at the one who did all these miracles that taught with clarity. One she knows is the promised king being rejected by the religious leaders, but not only rejected, being sentenced to death. That's horrible. And it seems completely hopeless. The King Jesus is about to be killed. But King Jesus is actually in complete control. He is the promised Messiah and he has to be killed on the cross. And there's a number of things that, as Kerry read, proves that he is the promised Messiah. And these prophecies were written a thousand years previously. I want to share just four of the key events in Jesus' crucifixion that are fulfilling the prophecies of the promised Messiah. The first one is the Roman soldiers, they cast lots for Jesus' clothing. Historical records show us that the execution squad, there were four Roman soldiers, and the custom was they'd divide up the victim's clothes. They get to take it as part of a bonus. And so they've got Jesus' sandals, his belt, his head covering, his outer robe, four items, everyone gets a pick. But his undergarment is one piece, so it's valuable, and they're not going to rip it up. So they cast lots to see who gets it. And in casting lots, they're fulfilling a prophecy written a thousand years previously. We started at the start of the service. Alicia read Psalm 22. Psalm 22, verse 18, They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. A Jesus on the cross is thirsty, and he asks for, um, and they offer him sour wine. Again, another prophecy, this from Psalm 96. Psalm 96, verse 21, They gave me poison for food, and for my thirst they gave me sour wine to drink. Now Jesus actually says, it is finished. I have done what I needed to do. He gives up his life. No one takes it. He gives it up. And then, because it's the day before the Sabbath, you can't do any work, we don't want anyone lying around, they ask for um, those to be killed. Some crucifixions would last for days, but in order to put the, um, those to an end suddenly, they break their legs. But Jesus is already dead. No point straining themselves. Again, Psalm 22, verse 17, I can count all my bones, they stare and gloat over me. A thousand years earlier, they will not break a single bone but they will stare and they will gloat over their king. And then, just to ensure that he's dead, one of the soldiers pierces his side. Again, in um, Psalm 22 and verse 16, For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircle me. They have pierced my hands and feet. Now think about it. One or two might have been a coincidence, but four, casting lot 
for his clothing, Jesus drinking sour wine, no one breaking his legs and then piercing his hands and feet. Now Mary is watching this. She was one of the many eyewitnesses and she sees Jesus' body being taken and placed in a tomb. And she's also one of the first eyewitnesses of his resurrection. On Sunday, we're going to look at the account of the empty tomb and the conversation Mary has with the risen Jesus. So back to our original question. What are you going to do with King Jesus? Ignore, accept or reject him? Now we saw that the Jewish leaders and many of the crowd, they rejected him. The Roman soldiers and Pilate, they knew who he was, but they just ignored him. But Mary and many of Jesus' followers accepted them as their king. Why did Jesus have to die? The religious leaders back in the day charged him with blasphemy and treason. Blasphemy, a big word saying that you are God. A Jewish law, it was punishable by death. Treason, you're betraying those in authority. You're a traitor of Rome, so to speak. But Jesus is God, and he was no threat to Rome. He is the true king, neither blasphemer or traitor. He came to give his life to save us. Who rejected King Jesus? Well, not just the Jewish leaders. As our kids' song explained, we've all rejected Jesus as king. Why? Because we want to be the boss. We want to be in control. We want to have the power. And that's why, as we sang in the kids' song, who is the mighty, mighty king? Well, Toby is not the boss. Uh Uh-uh, you aren't the boss. Jesus is the boss. Jesus is the mighty, mighty king. But what do we do? We try and be the boss, don't we? We try and act as though we're the king, as though we're in control, and by doing that, we're actually taking and rejecting Jesus as king. But what happens when we try and be in control, when we try and be the boss? Well, we muck it up, don't we? We hurt each other with our mistakes, with our rebellion, our selfish actions and decisions, And we're hopeless. We can't do it. That's why Jesus had to come. Jesus had to come and defeat our two greatest enemies. Rebellion, sin and death. And on the cross, he defeats rebellion. And then on Easter Sunday, rising from the grave, he defeats death. Why did King Jesus die on his throne? He died to take the punishment for our rebellion. Today is Good Friday, the day that changed everything. The day the King of Kings died on his throne for people like me and you. Now today is Good Friday and most people will ignore King Jesus. Some will actively reject King Jesus, but many will accept him as the king. What are you going to do? 
Let me encourage you to consider King Jesus. Don't treat him like Queen Elizabeth, someone that you might admire or you mightn't really care about, but someone who's far, far away and don't do anything with. Consider the one person that changed history. Consider the one person that actually defeated death. Consider the King of Kings. And that's why we've got this card. If you would like to find out more about what Christianity, about what Jesus is really about, let me encourage you to fill it in and we can help you find out who Jesus really is. Because Jesus is King. He came to save us. We actually need him more than anything else. Because unlike every other religious leader who died and that was it, Jesus is the king, he is alive and he will return. And when he does, we will all have to give an account. We'll all have to bow to the true king. Let me encourage you to consider Jesus and accept him as the one who can make a difference. Uh, let's pray. Will you join with me? Our Father God, we do thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that although he didn't deserve it, he willingly accepted his throne. And we thank you that King Jesus, who had all the power, was willing to die for our rejection and our rebellion. We thank you for Mary Magdalene and the other brave eyewitnesses who were there, who saw it. And Father God, we pray for us. Help us not just to ignore Jesus, just to think that we're okay and protect us from just rejecting him, but help us to ask questions, to actually look at the facts and find out why we need Jesus more than anyone else. We thank you so much for Good Friday, the day in which the king saved his people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.